What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Middle call. We got a deal, Seattle. Call. Hey, behave. Have you ever talked like Russell? Hey, Seattle. What's to, up? We got a deal. To, to me, I, I think people are making too much fun of his voice. Like, people just make their voice sound weird and less, not enough making fun of his chains. I'm glad you said like, that. I want to get to that topic, John. That That is... I've slept with a decent amount of women, and you slept with a woman too. We've all slept with a woman. <laughs> women. I, you never know when a guy's married. You don't want to make things weird. <laughs> but they just take off their chain when they get in bed. Uh, it's so a, I, I, you, you are a chain, right? Yeah. You take it off when Absolutely. you get in bed? Absolutely. I take it off because Alyssa's like, you, I don't want you to choke in your sleep, which I don't think is at risk at all, but... You start wearing three, and they get like t- they get like caught up in each other. And the next thing you know, you're you're asphyxiating in the middle of the do, night. Do you take your wedding ring off when you get in bed? Absolutely. Well, I, if girls take their they take their jewelry off when you go to sleep. So it you pretty much can say he put that on for the video, right? Uh, or does he sleep like that? Do you think he wears just three just three chains on a given day? He wears three chains. Like I'm going to the grocery store. Let me put three chains on. I didn't think he felt like that, did he? I like, didn't either. Look- I mean, like, if he put it on just because it's kind of funny, I give him a lot of credit, actually. Like, if he put on three chains because he just he just got even richer, that's funny to me. But, but a guy, he's been super rich. I know. I know. But I'm just saying, like, the video's funny. Did he know that was a hilarious video when he did it? If he did, if he knew the chains was funny and the voice was funny, if he knew that was funny – yeah, no, no, that no. I he, did, he did not. He did not think the voice was funny. He just tried to act tough. <laughs> the chains but are I, classic. I'm with. They've you. they've done videos like that before with the two of them laying in bed. Yeah, just a short video. Uh, yeah, I just I, I can't get over the chain. Like LeBron, you know when you see him, like on Instagram now, he's like uh, vacationing and he's got like three or four chains on. I would imagine when LeBron gets in bed with Savannah, he takes the chains off. Right, I, you don't I, you don't sleep in those, because again, would, I would girls that. that wear more chains 
consistently than the average guy because I'd say the average guy does not wear a chain. They all take them off. You don't think the so, average guy wears a chain? No. Do you? I feel like a lot of people wear a chain. I'd say if we just had to like – Every guy over 30 in America, it would probably be like 25 to 30%. Yeah, I would say under 50, but I don't think it's like that. Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's like five, but I don't like I'm, I probably, like I'm not wearing one right now. I probably wear it half the time. Yeah, I'm not saying, I'd say about 30% might have them. Depends on the length of my chest, John. You think a lot of guys wear it? I don't know. Whatever a lot is, I think a good amount of people wear a chain. I don't know how to qualify that like what does your chain signify it's just uh it's like a little um it's something from israel my mom gave me and then it's a chain then the chain got replaced a few many years ago my wife got me a different chain to put it on but it's something like gruden Gruden wears one people in the family have just a little pendant gruden wears one a lot more a lot more men wear chains than have earrings (laughs) that's true Uh, we yes we can agree on that uh, this podcast is brought to you by, and maybe this is part of what was going on with Russell, Ease.com, E-A-Z-E.com. Uh, or maybe it wasn't. You wouldn't know. That's the beauty. There's so many options. You can't just stereotype, John. You can't no, stereotype you... it. Uh, the best delivery platform to get the best legal, licensed, fully tested marijuana products delivered to you in California. God, I got that might be your delivery. Calling me. It, it, might, it might be my delivery. Ease.com, guy. Use the promo code HAM. We got a lot of people with a lot of injuries. They got topicals. They make you feel better. I got a pain right now in my tooth. I'm drinking out of straws. I uh, saw might that. Need, what is that? <laughs> might need a root canal because oh if it gets super cold in the back of my mouth, yeah, it sends that feeling of like, oh, oh that's my, the this worst. is comfortable. So, but I need to hydrate. So the only way I can hydrate at, except like do, you know the way dogs drink, and I I want to speed it up. So I drink out of straws. Ease.com promo code ham. I probably should put a topical on the back of my mouth. Uh, because I got a root canal coming, which my dentist said that actually in 2019, they're not anywhere near the hype of what most people think. They're easy. She's yeah, like, I, you'd be in and out in 45 minutes. Yeah, it's, I've had and one she, time. She's like, you go back to work. I'm like, well, I just work for myself. She's like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. I didn't miss like, a day okay. of the radio show doing it. Yeah, so it's it's easy. She said, especially if you get it early, and she's like, yours is early. But ease.com, promo code HAM, topicals, edibles. You got your sativas, your pens. I'm a big vape guy. Uh, come on, people. Tell your friends. Ease.com. They're delivering everywhere, blowing up. You know, I, I don't know if this is factual or not, but fastest growing company in America. They sure feel like it. Billboards everywhere and podcast. E-A-Z-E. Use the promo code HAM. Get $20 off your first delivery. Delivery's always free on orders over $50. If you've already used the promo code or you're already an Ease user, that's awesome. But share with your friends. All right. Uh, well, we talked about – see, I thought you you're strawing it up. I thought you were using a spitter the first time I saw you using that straw, but I realize now you're just – you're drinking. Well, I'm trying to avoid, guy, the pain in my mouth. I understand. That's a horrible pain. <laughs> Plan, Milkoff playing hurt. Yeah. Exactly. I, I, you know, you, you remember when Emmett played in the NFC Championship game with a separated shoulder? That's the equivalent of doing a podcast with a questionable back tooth. Uh, Russell Wilson, John, we said on the last podcast, Niner fans, do not get your hopes up. He's not going anywhere. Turns out we were kind of giving his agent, what, what are you doing this deadline? They did a deal. They did do a deal. Now, a deal that it seems like the Seahawks are satisfied with, too. It's like the Seahawks got taken to the woodshed by any stretch. Like you told me 
Florio wrote that um, you could make the case that Kirk Cousins' deal is better. I don't know if I'd make that case, but I guess you could make the argument. But the well, deal's if you, done. If, if you do the math, Cousins got three years, $84 million fully guaranteed. Russell had a four-year extension, so if he got four years at the rate in which Cousins got, he would have got $112 million. So his true guarantees were $107 million. So I think that would be the argument of the yearly averages are great in theory and they look good on Twitter. But I'm a big believer in talk real money, not just like fake money, real cash. If it all ends tomorrow, what do you owe me? And Cousins, you owed me $84 million if I shattered my leg. Russell is only owed less than that. now, And he hits free agency earlier. So like a three-year extension at $100 million for Russell at 33 a year enables him to hit free agency again. Again, he's not that old, and quarterbacks are playing longer. So you, you could argue that it was a pretty team-friendly deal, I thought, given the high stakes. I, I, I would agree, but I do think when we're comparing these two contracts, we have to consider that Kirk Cousins had played the – franchise tag game for a few years Russell was four years away from being a free agent right so like I do think that's the difference of the situations they were in does no he wasn't four, he was a year away he was in the last year of his deal yeah but I oh, mean yeah yeah when, when you factor, when you factor in, the, in like yeah, like yeah, Kirk yeah. had already gone through being tagged and like he'd already made that much that he had already made the tag money in individual years at that, the end of the day I mean. they had over they had over Russell Wilson like bro we know that you're not going to publicly go nuclear, so we can just tag you. Worst case scenario, they had that. Yeah, that's why when I read that his agent said he compromised, compromised what? Like this isn't the NBA. You weren't going to walk, you know. And and I I think we all questioned his ability to go. Like, was he going to go ever go Antonio Brown? His version on them. I think it's safe to say he was never going to do that. Right. That was not in the Russell Wilson brand. So unless you do that, you don't have that much leverage beside financial leverage of I'm one of the best quarterbacks. I'm cost a lot of money, right? Which he had. Right. But at the end of the day, I think it's clear that if they were willing to give him that type of cash, they realize you don't get rid of a Russell Wilson. Because that's what I think we were all questioning. Like, do they really like they like him, right? <laughs> they like him a lot. He's our franchise. They like He's- him more than enough. Right. I, yeah, I would say if, if liking someone is like 100%, probably like the way Kraft views Brady. Like he couldn't like him anymore. I would say Seattle views like 90% of that with Russell. You'd like him to be a little taller. You'd like him to be a little more consistent earlier in games. But he's the best player in the history of the franchise. And if I'm John Schneider or Pete Carroll, he's the best player we'll ever draft. And he's the most important player we've ever drafted. Right? And we're... Pete's a borderline Hall of Famer. If there was like a college, if there was just a football Hall of Fame, like not NFL, not college, just football, you could argue Pete would be in it, right? Super Bowl champ. As, as long as champ. you count what happened at USC, yeah, which I do and you do. Not yeah, every right. not every rule book does, but we we count I, it. I, I, I do. Do do they not count any of those championships now? Well, I don't. No, nah, I think some of them, but like the I just know the like the year they lost to Texas. I know that year doesn't count apparently. Would it, and the year before when Reggie won the Heisman? Yeah, probably. That one's probably the, out. Didn't they? I didn't haven't they paid attention to that because I don't buy it. But because he he won basically, or he went to three straight national championships. He split one, then he won it outright, and then he lost it to Texas. So he had one of the great three year runs. 
And then he had this run from like 06 to 09 where they didn't win any, but it was like clear that, I mean, they're a top three or four team in the country, right? They would just lose this crazy Thursday night game every year to like Washington State or Oregon State. And then what he's done in Seattle, which I, it's fair, like the people critical of Russell go, well, you know, he wasn't that great early on when they won big. And I think that's fair, but he's proven the latter half. If you would have put that guy, this guy now on that team, what are they going every year 15 and one yeah i mean he's gonna take up a big part of your salary cap but he his six whether he's good or not is what defines whether or not you can win if he's really good you can win if he's not really good you can't win so i saw jason i saw jason cole or someone tweet out this morning if you do the math now with the salary cap being around 190 million dollars and you have a max quarterback between 25 and $35 million. That means like 30% of your roster is going to be on minimum salaries, which they always are, right? A lot of your rookies and second-year guys that were drafted third, fourth, fifth, and undrafted free agents, some older vet minimums. Then you minus the quarterback, that gives you room to sign, give or take like $120 million to allocate toward other players. Like this notion that you can't build a team – with max quarterback if that quarterback's worth it because if Derek doesn't play well that 25 kills you you know if Stafford's like hit or miss that hurts you but if it's Russell Wilson and you do and you you do well on the right guys you sign you can crush you know and now this the flip side is yet you can always take advantage of the rookie quarterback like right now the Chiefs could get aggressive trade for Flank Clark allocate a bunch of money short-term knowing that they'll pay Mahomes in two years. Like, yeah, the Seahawks did that. That's that's not rocket science anymore. But to me, the new, like, uh, money ball, I guess, with the NFL is how do you build a sustainable squad with a $30 million quarterback? And the smart GMs are going to do it, right? They just will. Because that's the whole, the whole point of this league is to find Russell. That's well, the whole point. Yeah, and like everyone everyone says the same stuff about the draft, but I, I do think we would agree that Seattle has really they've acted like they value the draft. Now, there are times where they trade out, but that's based on an evaluation that they don't see a value. Like well, he's John said over and over, like typical year we have about twenty guys valued as first rounders, and they always draft like twenty two to thirty. So what it, it, I don't want to trade back. It's just this is the cards we're dealt. Those guys that we have valued. He, I think his, I think his statement actually. I said twenty. It might have been like fifteen. Oh. And he's just, he's kind of a scout. Scout. I think he's just viewing it like I just. These are the way we evaluate guys. Yeah, yeah. They they just always feel like they've got an idea what they're doing. You know. Yeah, and I I think. They get nitpicked, and I've always defended even bulky and a little Reggie on this. Is it's easy to be like, you know what, Reggie crushed it. Khalil Amari, well, yeah, he's drafted in the top five. Like I, I watched some of Howie's press conference yesterday. He's like, yeah, studies show that the hit rate on high draft picks is a lot higher than the hit pick on lower draft picks. So you draft into the top ten, make yourself look good. <laughs> yeah, but like it's when you're drafting AJ Jenkins, part of the balance. Or Reggie, when you're drafting some of these guys, is going, well, I know this guy's not going to be there when I draft next round. It's hard. And I think last year was Penny, the kid from San Yeah, it was last year. Rashad. They go, we really value a big-time power running back. Well, we know he's not going to be there when we draft in the second round. 
So we quote-unquote overdraft him in the first round. Now, to me, the crit- the criticism on like that pick would be, John, did you get the right guy? Like You right. could have had Nick Chubb instead of this guy. And I think it's fair to say Nick Chubb's probably going to be a better player than Penny, though I think we've seen a lot that like you can overreact in the NFL sometimes on a first-year player. Like three years later, you might be, damn, remember when we all thought this and then it turns into that? But, I mean, Nick Chubb was an unreal player. Like, more than likely, if we, if you and I had to bet, we're probably betting on Chubb. So that it's more critical of, you just drafted the wrong player. Not necessarily, we get your idea, I know what you're trying to do. And also you have to balance, and this is where I think next week, once the draft happens and you and I are talking about it, then the following week, there's a lot of, we took this guy, like, like Mayock may go, we drafted this guy at 27 because we had heard the Cardinals at the first pick in the second round loved him. And he was never going to be there when we picked at 35. So there's a lot of that. And that's where I think when you have that's your all... franchise, Sorry, when you have ahead. your expensive quarterback, you got to nail those moves. Like now yeah. that you, you know, cause that guy's cheap. Cause I get a lot of yesterday, Frank Clark, you see like, they lied to me. They lied. Yeah. So now everyone thinks he's going to get traded and he, and he might get traded. Well, a lot of people are like, should the Chiefs get him? Should the Eagles get him? Well, those are two teams specifically that really could benefit from having a guy at drafted at 27, 28, that then is on a five-year contract at a real, like that's more beneficial to them than Frank Clark. D Ford got $50 million. I texted two people that are pro scouts said unequivocally didn't hesitate to answer. I said, who's the better player? Both replied Clark. So Clark's going to get, and he's younger, and he's more well-rounded player. So if Ford got 50, safe to say Clark probably at least 55 to 60. And that's an expensive player. We don't really talk about it with the Niners and Ford. It's like, oh, they drafted They didn't pay him a lot of money, guys. Right, right. But I think with them, it's like they need the cheap guys and they need the good guys. Well, the the Niners are different. They had so much money, they got no one to pay. But if, like, the Eagles had done that, you'd be like, God, D. Ford better be good. Right. The, the Niners Especially get a if it costs you a pick to do it. The Niners get a complete pass because, like, God, they just need some players, right? But the Eagles, happy the Chiefs, money. even, like, the Patriots, they don't do that because that money's really important to them, you know? Well, and that's where I think with, with a quarterback, it's a no-brainer. And we, we uh, the conversation about money got too crazy. I was like, is he worth it? 35 touchdowns, seven picks, John. But to me, it's like the numbers speak for themselves. Do you ever watch him and go, I'd take this guy in a heartbeat on my squad? Like I told you the other day, I think the best compliment or one of the best compliments you can give a guy is even when you game plan for him, right? Even when you, like in basketball, I had him defended. He still made the shot. He still hit the shot. Like, you keep, you, I think he keeps defensive coordinators up at night. And then even if they everybody does the right thing, he can still beat you. And that's, that's those are championship players. Those are championship players. You think it's fair to say, like in basketball, good offense always beats good defense. A great quarterback, in especially in this day and age with the rules, is always when he's on, it's yeah. going to be unstoppable. Because yeah. he's got the ball, you've got to react to him. You don't know where his receiver's going. He knows what you're doing. Yes, I agree. And the and the rules limit what you can do to the skill guys running around. Well, and also, John, even if it's a quote unquote defensive game and it's thirteen to ten, some it's still going to be a quarterback probably is going to have to make a play or make a mistake. It's that's what it's going to be. Somebody's going to have to make a play. Well, I, I think if you just said out loud, like if you're not, and I do think there were some people, like smart people, that follow football. I saw on Twitter, like, are we sure he's worth it? 
and I, I do think that's a fair conversation. And those conversations that Seattle probably had, what's his biggest negative guy? Because clearly off the field, character-wise, zero worries. On the field, his height, he's proven it doesn't matter. He's proven that he can overcome, I don't know, the shittiest offensive line we've seen on a good team for like five or six straight years. They haven't really had weapons. Like, so yeah, he's not, sometimes he's not good in the first half. Yeah, I would say maybe the negative is just there's always this little bit of, like, smoke that he's not beloved in the locker room, that he's a little different guy. Like, if we're looking for something, I'm not going to be like, oh, he was 65.4% last year. Could have been better. I mean, he was but, one of but the I think in the leagues in terms of yards per attempt. So, But hasn't Rodgers proven that clearly? Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, like, if I'm if you're looking for something, that would like, what could be better? Like, okay, I guess that's a thing. But best deep, Best deep thrower in the league. I don't know how you quantify this, but it sure as hell feels like one of the best clutch players in the league, one of the more dynamic players in league history, just from a scramble throw perspective. He's durable. When, when, remember, was it a couple years ago that he rolled his ankle really bad, mm-hmm. and then somehow he still played the next? Like he's he's tough. Like his toughness can't be questioned. You and I have stood next to him on the field in San Francisco. He's a fucking midget for NFL stands standards. Like, he is really, really small, and he's remarkable. Strong lower half, John. Well, he's built like a little tank. <laughs> uh, speaking of cheap quarterbacks, more on Kyler and Rosen and Kime. Rosen's cheap now because they've already paid most of his money. Steve Kime gave a uh, riveting press conference yesterday, Middlecoff. It was uh, really great stuff. Great, great. Not that I need a bunch of insight. It was – how did you – what did you think of it? Like, did you think it was – like, some – press conferences are vague and like entertaining and some are vague entertaining but not as clever as the participant thinks they are and that one was kind of teetering i don't know i i I think if you're lying about this unsure or not even set in stone exactly what you're gonna do it's a really hard press conference for him to have yeah like what's he gonna say if they're not gonna trade rosen that day he's basically just got to lie through his teeth and that's let's call it what it is. There were a couple like normal questions, like "What do you think about the depth in the fourth round?" The majority of questions revolved around Kyler and Josh. That's the only question that really matters for them. And it's a, it's a difficult thing. Like, I, I don't know how he could have come out that from that press conference being a winner unless he said, "Listen, we know what the elephant in the room is, and more than likely we're going to end up trading the guy." People would be like, "Ah, at least he's being honest." Would they have said that, or would they be like? He's a scumbag. No, Make you can't go. Show you up. can't go. Like, I don't know. You can't go. Rick Barnes in that press conference. Like, ah, I would have left if they'd paid me more. That's different <laughs> than like, yeah, we're probably going to trade. Yeah, you, that's you what, that's what I, I made fun of it, and it's an all-time bullshit press conference. But in fairness to him, he has to bullshit. I agree. I wholeheartedly. The, NFL, agree with the only reason he didn't, he's not doing this. Like, you know what, guys? I need a pre-draft press conference. The NFL mandates the general manager talk. Well, which which is smart by the NFL. Like just. Keep it, you know, keep the cycle going. Make yep, them talk, sure. make them quotes. Just like Super Bowl. Everyone's like, Super Bowl media days are dumb. Well, yeah, well, it's for a reason. They just keep getting in the media cycle every day. Like, if if Kime, if you if it was optional, would he have declined it? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And this is where I'm with you. Like, I think there are times where guys think they're being more clever than they are. I thought watching him yesterday, he was having fun with it. And if he was having fun with it, then the media gets it. But I thought the best thing he did was they said, I don't remember exactly what the question was about not trading Josh or trading Josh or are you not Kyler? I don't even know what it was. But he he said I never said I never said that. And then they asked him the reverse, and he goes I never said that. 
and didn't feel the need to go on, just stopped right there. Sometimes just stopping is the best thing you can do. He, well, guy, he's not an idiot. Like he's, I crush him more just because I think his life's a little out of control. But I actually think he, just from a football standpoint, I think he's pretty good. Just pure in a vacuum NFL GMing. I, we always talked about this with Balky, and I think he's better than Balky. But like Balky was a pro. Like he had his faults and his ego got out of control, but he could handle himself, right? Right. You could throw him in that situation. Like time can handle himself. Now, I mean, can you get a DUI in Scottsdale? Like, is that a great look? No. Can you hire a one-year wonder that you introduce to your owner because you met him on a beach? That's not ideal. But one thing I heard, I think you've been hearing it, I think a lot of people have been hearing it, is I don't know if he, he, Steve Kime, the GM that's been in the NFL now, I don't even know, for like 20-plus years. He's been the GM now, like six or seven. But he's been in the NFL. It might even be longer than that as a scout. I don't know if he's fully sold on getting rid of what he views as like what a quarterback should be in Rosen for this thing. Did I think he – clearly he'd go, Kyler's a really good prospect, but are we sure? And that's probably a healthy dialogue that's been going on now for three months. Like, Are, are we sure, Cliff? If I can trade this, if I can trade a package to the Raiders, get multiple picks, can't we win with Josh? Yeah. Well, and I think – so there's a few things. One would be we always well, – one thing I've been saying a lot is if you're going to hire Cliff, then don't you go all in for Cliff? Like get Cliff what he wants? But at the same time, if we, if we really put ourselves in Steve Kime's shoes, this is his last coach, you would have to think. Like this has to work. And so on one hand, you'd say, well, if it's got to work, then get him his guy. But on the other hand, you'd say, well, am I really going to have the number one pick in a, in a pick I have, to, I have to make this decision correctly or else I'm losing my job? And if I'm going to go with the guy that he likes more than I like. I need to love the guy that we, that we have. And I've been doing this way longer than he has right. in this league. And here's the other thing, right? Josh Rosen should – like. Cliff Kingsbury played in this offense, John. Cliff Kingsbury did it. Graham Harrell did it. Like, you don't need Kyler Murray-level athleticism to be an air raid quarterback. Josh Rosen should have a lot of the qualities that That, make an air raid quarterback work. I think if you're kind and you went, listen, Cliff, if if I was throwing C.J. Beathard or Matt McGloin or Kyle Luletta, some mid-round pick, some undrafted free agent, I get it. We drafted this guy 10th. He came from UCLA where he was widely viewed by everyone in the know as going, well, his physical attributes are the best for the NFL. Now, is he a great athlete? As Colin said, he might quit football at any moment and just go hiking in the Himalayas. Like, yeah, he's a different cat. But just physical traits, he's got it all. I mean, this guy was someone that we all were saying, like, that could be the number one pick when he was 18. Like, you just watched him play and went, this guy's got some pretty special shit to him. So he's not like some crazy overachiever. It's like, this guy is pretty skilled. And I think last year he proved some rumors. I, You know, Bradford ended up retiring. The Bradford in the game against Chicago. Remember how crazy it was? Rosen came in with five minutes left. Yeah. Because Sam Bradford got KO'd. Mm-hmm. Some people that I know in the NFL think that Bradford tapped out. So I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Rosen came in. Never came back out. And as Kime said in that press conference, the one thing you can't question is his toughness because no. he got shit kicked out of him last year. Yeah, I, I think, you know, from the time that he was the, the, the freshman UCLA 
Noel Mazzoni was his offensive coordinator that year, and then he was the OC the next year. If you count last year, two different offensive coordinators, because Mike McCoy didn't last the season. Did he even last like October? And then, <laughs> and then this year, he is on his sixth coordinator in four years. Can you name them? Or I guess Mazzoni. Mazzoni. Fish. The guy between Fish and Mazzoni is the guy that I can't quite remember. Um, Was it the uh, Polynesian running back from USC? Yes. That Moore ended up firing or just demoting? I, Kenny Pulau or something? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, Played running back at SC in like the 70s or 80s, right? Was like a legit SC guy. Yeah. And then Mora loved him. and then, Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Steve Kime could make some legitimate arguments in a draft room if I go, listen, Cliff, we get 4, 24, and 35. Like that's – and we still got Josh. That's a lot to just – reload here right and i like I, I told you this earlier i heard today that they haven't gotten better than a third round pick as an offer yet for josh because an nfl quarterback if he doesn't play that well regardless whether it's on him or not is kind of like a car the moment it goes off the line it's going to lose some value like you're not we drafted him 10 it's only a year later at worst we're getting a top 15 pick like, that's not the way it works unless I mean, what could you get for Baker right now? You get a first rounder. Yeah. You what could you get? Could you Donald. get a first rounder for Donald? Yes. Yes. A- Allen. I think so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Lamar, no chance. Deshaun, yes. Pat Mahomes, duh. Yeah. Trubisky. Some guys get better. Trubisky, no. Could the Niners get a first round for Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah. Would the Redskins trade a first rounder for Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. right now? Yeah. Would the Dolphins? Yeah. 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 The, the other the interesting Rosen trade I heard was was Washington. Now this seems like you'd have to give Washington something back, like maybe you'd have to give them a pick. But here's here's the basics of the deal: Washington sends a second to Arizona and Case Keenum, and Keenum and Cliff have the same agent, just like Kyler, and they Keenum knows the offense. Keenum obviously can help. He's a vet, buy-in, good locker room guy mentor backup for Kyler eventually um that'd be kind of interesting but again like I that's to me that's you agree that's a second plus Keenum is too much like you'd have to be I, giving them something back I don't think Arizona has a bad locker room like they have a lot of leaders no no in there. it wasn't bad it was just like he no I, I get know what you're the saying. offense that kind of deal and, and I think that's a hard balance if you're a GM you go it's a little poor man's Chip Kelly do I acquiesce to everything this guy wants or do I balance this out like Listen, man, I hired you to coach. I've been doing this, and I've drafted a decent amount of pro bowlers here, and I learned a lot from Arians that's a pro coach. Let me pick you the players. You coach them up, and that's how we'll win. Okay, so here's the crazy part, John. Like right now as we're talking, you just I'm kind feel of, like – I'm kind of on Kime's side here. I am too. Keep frozen. I, I'm with you. So do, so right now we were talking about like the Daniel Jeremiah tweet. I, I My body is bouncing. Like I feel like I need to stand up. This is such a great draft conversation. I love it. Um but right now, you close your eyes. Don't you see Josh Rosen playing quarterback for the Cardinals right now? But I do think that's where it starts, the madness of those two hating each other. But I'm just saying, right now, do you see Josh Rosen playing quarterback for the Cardinals, or do you not? Close your eyes. The, the close your eyes test. 
but uh, the close my I was way off on Tiger Woods ever I know, holding, up but, that, uh, but holding you, up that little house. I'm just you know? saying the way we're talking right now. I know he's got like five little homes. Now what does he do with all those little things? I don't um, know. I didn't know that trophy existed. Well, remember Wright Thompson said he used to play video games at like three in the morning. I don't know if he still plays video games like that, but he used to be a diehard video game player like Call of Duty. You'd be on online, you'd be like, "Who's this guy talking shit?" And it's like, uh, it, he probably calls himself like Lion Twenty Two. It's really Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's what I'm saying: is if Rosen gets traded, that's a crazy story, and if he doesn't, that's a crazy story too, because then somebody's gonna go get Kyler, and we know we have an idea of. Well, to me, to me, if the Cardinals do not get so, Kyler Murray, we know where Kyler Murray's going. Oh, then I think the question is, who trades for Derek? I just one way or the other, this story is outrageous, and that's why I can barely. I'm in. I'm coming out of my skin right now. If the Raiders draft Kyler Murray, do you think 100 percent they trade Derek, or chance that Gruden's just crazy and brings them both? No, I don't think it's 100. percent And he just lets them both play together, and then maybe trades Derek in training camp. Yeah, to me, it would be like this. This kind of like. This little bit of a crazy way to just yeah we're doing we're doing co- we're doing competition man we're yeah. just we're battling yeah we're battling man <laughs> as a Mayock you know if it goes good it's Mayock if it goes bad or it goes bad it's Mayock if it goes good it's me <laughs> we get it John I would love to read Mayock's report on Kyler Murray. Uh, typical guys like Mayock and Mayock's probably six two or six three played in the NFL. Not gonna like short players. Yeah, I would just I would um, this is do you like I don't want to be too much in the moment here, but this feels like one of the great draft stories of our media careers. You know, sometimes I, I would agree. I dream about if you were able to like sneak in to a draft room, any of the thirty two draft rooms, open up the board because we used to have like curtains. And you could not open the curtains unless Howie was in the room or Andy. And a lot, like Belichick doesn't even let anyone in the room beside him. Like we were, you could walk in the room. We, for the most part, beside maybe a couple of players. I think you showed me the room. Yeah. I mean, the room, especially after draft, no one cares. But if you could go into a room, let's say Belichick's, let's say I go into New England's, take a picture of his draft board, and then I tweeted it out, how many retweets would I get? Honestly, would if you had to go over under 15,000 retweets? Over. I'd go over for sure. Or just, I'd, but I'd, let's no just brainer. say any. The Vikings, Seattle, yeah. any guy, any team. Belichick's would get you the most. You think so? I mean, because it's Bell. Like, everyone wants to, yeah. Because it'd be like, oh, my, what? <laughs> but. What if, what if there was, like, 15 guys on his draft board? Like, those were the only 15 guys. Yeah. Would. Would, would that shock you if on his draftable players there were 45? Now His old draft board was 45 players. Wouldn't shock me, no. But that would be would that where would that rate among the highest interacted impressions? I think I think, I think you're right. Bill would be high. I think Gruden would go nuts because they got all these picks. It's Gruden, it's Raiders Twitter. I think you think it'd be higher I, than the Patriots board? Maybe. I think it would be pretty high. What you, especially I, if like Kyler was on an island by himself? You agree, fifteen thousand is low. Right. Yeah, I mean, I. But again, I'm that. I'd never go that viral. Maybe it's like forty. Like, what does a Schefter or Woj we get? Like twenty, fifty. But this is such incredible. Like, this isn't a piece of breaking news that once Schefter breaks it and then it's everywhere. It's just it has a it has a you know like a end date on it. Like this thing would because it would be a story. That photo would be 
NFL, like the morning show would be talking about it, and ESPN NFL Live would be talking about it, and Florida probably, would be writing about it probably, with a link. I'd probably get sued for breaking and entering, but or arrested. <laughs> yeah, I, you'd get a cease and desist. I was NFL talking to security. our buddy. I was talking to our buddy Lund yesterday on the station I'd never really heard of, uh, ten fifty. That I oh, guess you've they heard of it. You've been on it. Yeah, I've, I've been on it. <laughs> <laughs> about twenty people listen. And he, we were talking about you know that Jed sold for charity twenty two grand for two tickets. Uh, to go into the draft oh, room. Oh, okay, yeah. I think they've done it a couple years in a row. Yeah. And I was saying, like, if you were a super rich guy and you had a kid that was, like, 10 years old that loved football, it makes more sense to overpay for something like that than, like, you can go to a basketball playoff game whenever or a football game. That would be something a kid would be able to tell his friends, I was in the draft room. No one else ever gets that. Like, that's – you're a one-off. Well, you know? that's why everyone's like, Balmer, is your investment in the Clippers going to pay off? Bomber's like, well, first of all, yes, I think it'll be in the family for a long time, and I do think it'll pay off in the end, and I think he'll prove to be right, especially if they build their own arena. But two, it's like, guys, yes, this is a business, but I'm also the owner of the Clippers, which means I do I sit on the court whenever I want. I'm in the draft room, whatever I want. I'm in the locker room, whatever I want. I'm on the plane, in the front seat. I do whatever I want. I'm the owner. That's worth something. Like, just because you buy a house, it's not like, now how much am I going to get this house in 30 years? It's like, no, you live in the house. You know the coolest part about their comeback victory? He's one of the first guys on the court as they're celebrating, and Gallo and Lou and every one of them are giving him huge high fives. And then Doc gets done with, like, Ledlow, whoever's interviewing him, Roz. He looks at Balmer, and Balmer's just going like this, and they do this high five and hug. And to, I bet Balmer would say just that moment alone, if I paid $2 billion, was worth $200 million uh, yeah. of my investment. That game alone, that experience – Versus the Warriors was worth 10% of my initial investment. To him, it might even be worth more. When, when did you start thinking the Warriors might lose this basketball game? Game. Yeah, obviously, we're recording this on Wednesday. It's a couple nights ago now, but when did that? When did you start? I turned that? the t- television off when they were up about 30 points in the second half, early in the third quarter, and I went to my room. And they always say, I remember Chip Kelly's like Marine guy. I was talking to him about sleep patterns, and he was, it was the first time I've ever heard it. Now you can read about it everywhere. Don't look at your phone like 30 minutes before. Right. And this was before now. Like I turned down at night, turned down the phone light. So mm-hmm. it's really dim if I'm going to read something on my phone. Little tip, know. John. I keep my phone on uh, night tone all 24 hours a day. Smart. So, I, <laughs> so I'm I always ready checking, to fall asleep. I was I was <laughs> checking Twitter. My problem is I don't fall asleep very easily. I yeah. sleep well. And I don't want to get out of bed, but I struggle to fall asleep. This brain moves, you know, fast. And I see Marcus Thompson say, and this is probably at 10-10, the Warriors might mess around and lose this game. And I'm like, is he kidding? And then I see a couple, and then I see a tweet from like Sherwood Strauss. I'm like, this is kind of nuts. So boom, I start, no television in the middle cough bedroom. We like Same. separate. Good move. So I go to streaming on my phone. Don't even have an iPad around. I'm already kind of almost asleep. Go to TNT on my streaming. And five minutes left, they're down. They're up six. I'm like, what is going on? Then I'm glued. And Lou's going nuts, and I watched the entire ending, and it was nuts. I mean, it was it was insane. It was crazy. And to me, the craziest part was there when Durant fouled out with like three minutes left, it was like on an offensive screen where he stuck his ass out. He was kind of getting messed with. It almost felt like he didn't really want to be a part of it anymore. It was kind of weird. And I don't know, man. There, Plus- there was – Sorry, six, six, 60 minutes came. I guess and interviewed him like last week. Yeah, like or the group might of have been guys. a while ago. Yeah, like, like five went, guys. 
it actually went on television. And there's a clip that's kind of going viral where they're asked if you want to be on another team. Clay looks normal. Iguodala and Livingston are like, these young cats are crazy if they ever want to leave this. And Durant's face was looked like, this is really awkward because I already know I'm leaving. I know everyone's looking. It was weird. Again, the, the elephant in the room is him. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think when you foul out and then you're sit, you know, you're sitting there with the hoodie on, you fouled out. So there's nothing you're supposed to be doing, but it just it looks funny. I will say this, and I and I thought I do think that game was about more than just Kevin. Like I think Kevin, they were up thirty-one. <laughs> they were up thirty-one, and I, I don't know. Interrupt me. I'm not concerned about them winning the series, but there is just it's you would say things aren't perfect, right? Like. I think that's pretty easy to say. And and I think one of the things that was really interesting reading um, Anthony Slater's piece in The Athletic was his point was like, this isn't just Kevin's stuff that he wrote about. I don't know if you read it, like a moment with 13 seconds left in the third quarter where uh, Kerr brought Durant and Curry back into the game. Kerr Curry threw a bad pass, right, and they got an easy layup. Well, but so – they didn't know there were six guys on the court. They didn't know who was coming out. Like, and Quinn Snyder, I mean, uh, Quinn Cook volunteered, but then Kerr took Draymond out. And that's when Draymond got pissed. And Draymond got pissed and was kind of like staring a hole through Steve, right? And my point being just like, I don't know what some of what Luke Walton said the other day about just the challenge of managing uh, egos. Of managing egos. Like, there is more, like, Dr- Durant gets a little more flack than me. Like it's, it becomes all about him. And I don't think it's all about him, even though he's a big part of it for sure. I, that's fair. I, I do think that the fair knock on Kerr is I would imagine the player said, they don't think he has a great feel sometimes for substitutions with some of this shit. Like Draymond to me is dominating the game. Like Draymond looks like peak max Draymond. You don't yank him in any circumstance. None. In that, like I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give Draymond the benefit of the doubt on that one. Uh, listen to Ethan and Anthony on the their pod that you can only listen on the Athletic app. No issue with that. I'll have an article on the Athletic tomorrow. So I'm pro Athletic. About what? Uh, but they, they, uh, Josh Allen, little three part series. Nice. Uh, he's my last one. So did uh, little nugget on him. I guess he failed the test back like early on in his career. Like, Kentucky hey, Josh like, Allen. Kentucky Josh Allen, yeah, it was weed. I mean, not that big a deal. But uh, I do think Kerr and Durant are not – like, Durant's not a huge Kerr guy. I've heard that, and I think that one thing they talked about is there were a couple times when he yanked him or they were barking at each other. I don't think their relationship – not that Kerr's pretty easy to get along with, but I do think Kerr tries to balance, like, yelling at him, and then he yells at him. He's kind of soft, you know? And there was the article that Sham wrote – Shams on the Lakers debacle. Maybe it was Joe Varden on the Lakers debacle. And it's a little reminiscent of LeBron. Like a couple times David Griffin sat down LeBron and was like, bro, you need, this is not okay. And like whenever they would have one of those serious talks, that night would be when LeBron would unfollow everyone on Twitter. Like that would be his reaction because he got scolded. Like Kevin doesn't do well when you press him. Because, and in fairness to those guys, they've been blown their whole life. The Warriors' top three, they're kind of used to a little more pushback, right? That's kind of been the healthiest thing they've had. It's like they can handle the shit. Now, they still, it's still an NBA level handle the shit. It's not like 
Belichick screaming at Brady every day, but there's a level of they're close to Tim Duncan. Like, yeah, you can scream at them. They'll react fine. They're not going to unfollow the Warriors that night on Twitter. They'll go home, go with their family. They're actually three pretty mature guys. You know, Draymond, to me, is grown. I mean, he's married now or he's engaged. He has a younger child. Like, to me, he's he's grown dramatically. I I, I don't know where you stand on that one, just the way he kind of carries himself. and uh, Yeah, no, I, I, look, I think for all the stuff he gets in, for all the drama in terms of, like, yelling at people, whatever, on the court. It doesn't carry. Well, and I would also say, like, I think one thing he's he established pretty early in his career is maybe he's not the easiest guy. But he is a coach. Like, are you a coachable player or not? And if there's a line, he's on the line of coachable. He has been. He's proven that yeah. over the course of his career. And, I know it because he keeps getting better. And what would you say his number one goal every big game is to do? To win. win. To win the basketball. <laughs> to win. Yeah. He wants to win. It, yeah. His how many shots I got. He's not worried how many about plays you run. Anybody. No. He's not worried about, he wants to win. And and that's where and I you'll take I, that I just, every day. To me, there's this elephant in the room of there's the three of them and really Livingston and Iguodala. Now that Bogut's back, he's kind of like that too. And I think Looney is a culture guy just like them. I, I think say Jordan, like DeMarcus walking into that room was a, has an re- acknowledgement that I need to be in a different for place. For sure. Where Durant has been able to kind of keep be the OKC Durant where you got Laker blowing them, Kerr's Myers blowing them. He gets a bunch of shots and, they can never get mad at him, and then when he gets mad, it's always someone else's fault. There is an NBA superstar drama that he brings that those guys just do not. And to me, that is kind of the guy. If they don't win the championship this year, whether they if they win it, he's going to leave. I don't think he's just going to be some beloved figure here. But at the end of the day, he came. He was three for three. It was sweet, right? Yeah. It, it yeah. He bounces, and they lose it. It's going to feel like God. Did this having one foot out the door kind of do this team in? Because right. at the end of the day, for the Draymond got fine, but I think the average warrior, the average guy in the Bay Area that follows this team goes, "Well, Draymond just said what everyone was thinking. Like Draymond called him a bitch, and why aren't you all in like that?" I don't think people view Draymond in this area as like he crossed the line. Uh, well, you can cross the line and still not be wrong. Okay, th- yeah, th- they don't feel h- what he was saying was wrong. Yeah. So I, I don't, it's going to be hard for Draymond or Durant to win this unless he wins it all and wins another Finals MVP. Then he can leave and just be well. Like, and that's oh. why I, I do kind of feel like there, this is there is this is lose lose right. If they lose and he leaves, then what? You didn't even get it done. If he wins and they leave, winning wasn't the most important thing. There, there's no way he can leave and it's not viewed with a lot of. It's, it, there's just no way. It's it's it's. I hope you know it just. <laughs> that's the situation. That's the situation yeah. he's in, for better or worse. I agree. Fault that is, but that's the situation. Well, some of it's, some of it's his. Yeah. No, I'm not. I yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to say that he's not involved in it. I'm just saying, like, there's all these factors. Like, are you? Oh, should we really crush a guy for not wanting to play with Russell? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is that the craziest thing that someone left Russell Westbrook? I think looking back, it's like should he just gone to another team? Maybe, but it's like, wait a second. I th- we just told him he wants, we want him to win, so we came to the Warriors. He's winning. Like, what? That's not good. Enough. You know what I mean? Just, I know. It's, it's a no hard matter part what we basketball. do, sports talk's coming for you. I <laughs> know. Uh, it really is. Um. All right. Uh, this was a good story from speaking of the athletic. Baggerly and uh, Eno wrote about Triples Alley at Oracle Park, John. 
and uh, the potential of eliminating it. And I thought, did you read that article? It was a long one. I did not read it, but I knew I saw the headline. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of good stuff in it. And Buster Posey had a great quote in the story, and the quote was, "If we hadn't won three championships, this probably would have been a conversation a long time ago. But we're winning, so it's all working. Like no one's complaining about." You know, everyone, hitters complain. We don't need to hit home runs. We just pitch and play yeah. deep and finally hits. Yeah, exactly. Hunter Pence throws some whatever seeds and we're all good. And yeah. I think Buster's probably right. Um, are you in fa- Would you be in favor of moving in the fence in right center field? I may- maybe I'm naive to this or just refuse to embrace analytics. But I feel one of the biggest reasons – someone hit me up on Twitter last night. Because I flip on the television, it's four to one. I turn on right as belt goes deep. Mm-hmm. That one would have been gone. I guess there were two. Duggar went opposite field. I'm not sure who hit the other home run. Longoria. Was was it a bomb or to barely get over? No, I mean it was. Well, like, is it out at AT and T? Because my guy said it wasn't. Uh, probably not. But it was still a like it was. I think he hit it to right center. So, it just feels like <laughs> probably not at AT and T. They don't have any home run hitters, and when they go on the road, it's not like they hit bombs in Cincinnati, in Philly. Is, is Would you say Nationals Park, PNC, or whatever it's called, is a home run park somewhere no. in the middle? Yeah, so, I mean, they, they don't usually do what they did last night. To me, their issue has not necessarily been the park, though I'll embrace it doesn't help. They don't ever have power. They never, like, the A's park is considered on the bottom end of, like, it's really hard to hit home runs there. Philly yeah. has no problem finding guys to hit fucking bombs. If Chris Davis played in, played in San Francisco, he might not hit 45 bombs, but he's still hitting 38 to 40. You know, so, so to me, it's more of a player issue than the thing. Now, will it help? Well, it's also going to help, like, Nolan Arenado. It's going to help the other guys, too. Yeah, so that was Bum, Bum, that was Bumgarner's point. It's like, it's not unfair. We're, we're all playing in the same park the same night. I think— um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm with Bumgarner. I don't think it's going to have this dramatic impact because it helps the other team, too. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't think you suddenly start winning a lot more games other than— because one of the cool things that the guys did was they had the lowest first-pitch temperature in baseball. And AT and T and the Coliseum are one and two. So well, in other words, and we know why. Travel. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Um, but I think one of the the things they wrote about was that it's not just like it'd be one thing if you lose home runs but you gain doubles, right? Like, well, you don't hit it out, but it's still extra base hits. But you actually don't gain doubles either. You lose doubles also because they're outs. Because the wind comes off the right field wall and keeps the ball in the air and pushes it towards the center fielder, and the right fielder plays into the gap. Yeah, and so balls that would be doubles otherwise also turn into outs. But that, but that's they're not going to have a wind breaker up there. That's never going to change, right? The wind is the wind, right? The water. Yeah, yeah. Is the so water. that's the point. Is like you you bring the wall in, and now those balls that would be home runs are just home runs, and they're not outs. And I think the benefit there is one of the hopes would be like one guy who I do think has suffered is Brandon Belt has I think definitely suffered. They wrote like he. He'd have significantly more home runs if he played in a number of other ballparks, right? So I think Belt's a guy. I I think it. Well, why, is, but guy, why does when he goes and plays on the road, he doesn't always hit? That's my thing. It's not like he goes, yeah, you well, know. Whatever. He just it's baseball. I mean, there are times he's not going to hit. I think Belt's a specific guy. That said, I, it's not about Brandon Belt. It's not. You're not changing a ballpark for Brandon Belt. You would hope you move the wall and maybe you get more power hitters like part of the deal is they don't have power hitters how do you get them well you got to sign them and the ballpark it's not the only factor but i do think it's a factor i think players come there and and hate hitting there like i think opponents hate hitting at at&t park well it's cold as shit i mean it's a miserable place 
I wouldn't quite realize this unless I had lived in Philly and just gone to a decent amount of baseball games over the summer just because we were always like had tickets. When you go to a baseball game in most of these cities that are hot in the summer, because usually in the summer places are hot, you just go sit these places. You, you wear shorts. You sweat. Like it's it's hot. at 10 o'clock. It's still hot and humid. It's it's not like Arlington hot, but it it does not get lower than like 85. You and I remember went to a Nationals game. It was hot all night. Like you, I remember my first Giants game. Like I just remember Torres, the media. The leadoff home run. Andres Torres. It was all yeah, Strasburg. Yeah, I remember Adam Dunn. Pablo hit a bomb. Giants led Adam, one to nothing. I think Adam Dunn went deep. I remember lost eight to one. But again, it's just hot. The Giants games kind of hot if you show up at like three o'clock. By the time the game goes, you need a jacket and pants, and probably a beanie. It's cold as shit. Yeah. And that's just the Bay Area. It's just cold at night. I mean, it's not as cold where I live, but where you live, it just stays cold. You don't wear shorts out at night. It's cold. That, that to me is Correct. never going to change. No. To me, the question is, are the bullpens going to be moved then behind there? So the idea would be that you do like a double-decker bullpen out there in right center. So the bullpen's no longer, and it's flat on yep. the yep. field. Like, I think I've been opposed to it for a long time because I like the quirkiness of ballparks. But I'm, I, I've am i come around on this. What? <laughs> So it's like uh, Top Golf out there, double decker bullpens. Like, can you see the opposing? Yeah, team there's pitch? other ballparks that have like one bullpen on top of it. Like, it's kind of staggered back. Like what? Who? And one goes down the steps. Uh, there's a handful of them. I don't. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. Why I can't. I feel like I don't know any. Um, maybe is Cleveland maybe? Uh, have a double decker bullpen. I'll tell you here. There's a handful of them. That's sweet. Like, I, I just want to know: Will you be able to see it? So like they'll be able to catch the home run like the people on top golf on the top. Uh, what park is this? Is this Nationals Park? No. W- was one of the knocks? Oh, Philly I think has a double decker. Yeah, Philadelphia has two, one on top of the other. Oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't even know. It's like set back. You wouldn't if you look. There's is in center. But anyway, just so I don't think it's that you like suddenly start winning a bunch more games. I wouldn't mind just a little refresh in the ballpark, flatten out the sides. It's the only bullpens on the sides now. You got Mac Williamson had a concussion last year. And you just kind of make it look a little different just to freshen it up. And if you hit more home runs, but somebody else hit more home runs, it doesn't change how many games you win, but there's just more home runs. Did they did the they write thing. in this article who's leading this idea? Like who's starting to push for this now? Well, they just said a conversation came up in spring training. And Farhan was like, you know what? I don't hate this. Like, we should talk about this. And once he said that, like, the players are being a little more open about kind of maybe letting it happen. I have to give – I was texting with John Dickinson about it yesterday. The one thing I'll say is I, I'm in favor of this, but it's not to make right field 380. Like, you make you take 421 and you make it 400, or you make it 398. Like, that would be my preference. Like, you just make it fair. Because I think the best quote was Bochy. I think it was Bochy that said, I think if you hit a ball 400 feet, you should be rewarded with a home run. And I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. That's fair. The Giants have benefited, and I think back to Posey's quote, some of their big moments have been in that little area. Oh, I love uh, – John, I, that's why I'm not like I'm, – I'm for it, but I'm not one of these people that's like, this has to happen because I kind of like the silliness of it sometimes. I would agree. I, I think they need to do a better job of developing – Reese Hoskins, you know, have Joey Bart not break his hammate bone. Oh, God. And just get, get get some guys that just mash. And, yeah, they wouldn't hit 48 home runs, but, you know, they'd hit 32. And 32 with the Giants would feel like 60 
at this I, point. I just ultimately I want my guys to not hate hitting at home like half of the season, you know. But but Posey crushed. Yeah, back he in was the day. fine. But how many twenty home run seasons did Buster really have? Like two, three, one, one. one. <laughs> Do you think he's going to hit a home run this season? Uh, seriously? Yes. Is it? You don't think there's a chance that he goes home or less? No. See, Not if he do. plays a full season. <laughs> what What did Yachty do a couple years ago? Hit like two, but then he bounced back. Buster's had two season, 20 hit like home twenty seasons. Okay, two. Do you know Yelich has like nine right now? Well, he hit eight of them against the Cardinals, I think, or something crazy like that. Somebody told me that stat. I was watching. Were you watching the Dodger game the other night when Jock hit the walk off bomb? It what is so, sweet? <laughs> what did you have a thought on that other than it being sweet? Because I, I have one. On Jock's walk off bomb. Yeah. Baseball players have this incredible ability to know when a ball is out, even if it's only out by four feet. Like, Jock hits the home run, pounds his chest, turns around, starts pointing at his dugout, and then the ball doesn't even get to the fans. Like, it goes yeah, in that little area clo- behind the wall. It was close. It was close. I, was I like, think dude! He knew, I think he knew the trajectory, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You just know. You've hit so many of them if you're at that elite level. You yeah. just know you've hit a home run. But it's like – to me, where it was sweet is the previous inning, Jansen had given it up to Kemp, right? To Kemp. So it was like, God, you're watching the Reds. You're like, this feels like and, Dodgers and life. And Puig had hit a home run off of Clayton. I know. I, I'm with you. I, I got so enamored with the pimp job because he looks at the pen. He's hitting his chest. And it also felt like – it feels like they like Kemp, but also like no way Puig was coming back and upstaging us yeah, yeah. after we had just blasted him in this article. I know. So go watch it again, John. The ball doesn't get to the. No, I, the I watched it. I, I it was it was close because it felt kind of like a pop up when he first hit it. Well, it's but like then he's they acting of... like it's over, but the right fielder doesn't just walk off. Like the right fielder's going no. back. Didn't Jansen used to throw like ninety eight? Yeah, he throws like ninety three now. I know. There's some concern about that. He does look pretty cool on the mound. I'll give oh. him that. Like, okay, well, Godspeed. All right. Oh, by the way, we'll have a we're going to do another podcast Thursday morning. So, uh, just be a scheduled reaction podcast out Thursday morning. You got takes already? I've I've got takes bubbling. Yeah, I know you already have one too. So, and I, I guess uh, I saw earlier today they released the first Sunday night game is going to be Pittsburgh at New England. Okay. You know, us, usually the uh, def- defending champ plays Thursday night, but I think this year they're doing. Green Bay at Chicago or something? Uh, Steelers. We'll get into I mean, that tomorrow. I, yeah. No AB. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. All right. Later. Peace. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours. The energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.